Genesis 36. This chapter is about Esau. Well, a lot of chapters were devoted to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, why not one chapter for Esau? Even though the promise is from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and down the line, even Judah, but Moses, the writer of Genesis, decided to give the lineage of Esau. So this book, I mean this chapter, was really dedicated to the brother of, of Jacob. But it does not necessarily follow that what happened in chapter 35, that it is chronological. Sometimes, like in, in chapter 35, it was announced that Isaac died. It, he didn't die literally after the visitation of Jacob and his family to, uh, to Luz or Bethel. No, it was just stated in a section that these are people who died. But here, we see here a, a, a write-up of the descendants of Jacob's brother. God bless the grandsons of Abraham. You see, Jacob and Esau are grandsons, right? Yeah. You still remember the twins? They're twins. Again, like I mentioned before, so you won't forget, you go to Hakob and Bilikan ng Isao, okay? So these are twins. So uh, they were blessed with people, herds, other possessions or properties. Israel also, formerly known as Jacob, and Esau became, would become great nations. That's why the lineage was said that, yes, they became a great nation. Esau, which is also known as Edom, became a great nation. And Jacob would become a great nation as well. Because this was God's promise to Abraham that nations would co uh, come from you. Can you remember Abraham struggling to have a child for 25 years? And he died seeing one child. And uh, well, he had Ishmael, but the promise was through, through Sarah. The wife, Sarah, the wife, would be Isaac. But then right now, there were just so many. This text reveals to us that God keeps his promises. And that God will follow through on his plan. God keeps his promises and God follows through. I always believe that every person, every person who comes to the Lord is destined to. I do believe that you are in or part of God's plan. You are not an extra. You are not an extra, like in a movie, like some people, you know, I was in the movies, you know, and uh, uh, they were one of the soldiers of 5,000. Yes, he was in the movies. That's an extra, right? Like when I watched Gladiator, well, it's an old film, but I like the film, the, the battle scenes, and one extra there is just somebody getting killed. So that's an extra. Well, in God's plan, there are many players, but you are not an extra. Okay, every person has a significant part to play. So, God is a God of promises, and he follows through. How do we know God's promises to us? First, we have to look at the scriptures. Because the scriptures is full, the Bible is full of promises. That if we have faith, and obey the scripture. There are many promises in scripture connected with a certain obedience. And sometimes say, where is God's blessings? So I ask you, do you have faith? Yes, I have faith. Good. Do you now obey? Because faith without actions is dead. 
And if you obey, there are a lot of promises connected to a command. That's something we know. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, right? Seek first. What's the promise? And all these things. All you need. So when somebody says, Pastor, I've been praying for a long time and having this problem, that problem. Well, first, let's look at God. And then next, I'll pray for you. Then I check your faith. Then are you putting God first? I ask about your priorities. Can you say priorities? Priorities. I will ask about your priorities. What do you do when you wake up Monday morning? When you sleep Monday night, and then the next day, and then the next day, and then the next day. And my question is, where is God there? Where is the time where you just took time to study the scriptures on your own and to pray? Where was the time when you privately worshiped God and sung songs with all your heart? Even though you're out of tune for God, that is a sweet aroma. Amen? Amen. For your seatmate, it's not. All right? Uh, I once tried singing with all my heart in a certain church, but the one on my left was always out of tune. And uh, she was not only out of tune, she was singing at the top of her voice. And it's affecting the crowd. Can you imagine that loud voice? Now, I'm not discouraging you, but I am encouraging you to take singing lessons, all right? The Bible said, God told uh, Samuel the prophet, you, God does not look the way that man looks. God looks at the heart. Is the heart committed to God? Or does the heart only look to God on Sunday and every day of the week it doesn't care about God? Or when I have time, I go to God. Or when I'm desperate, I go to God. Uh, friends, I assure you that God is a God of promise. And uh, how do you know God's promises? Look at scripture. Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob fulfilled taking care of themselves, their family, they nurtured it. Jacob took a wife, uh, or, or well, he wanted just one wife. He had, he had two because he was deceived by his brother, uh, father-in-law, Laban. But his intention was to find a wife, as directed by his mother. He had to be faithful to that. And then be careful in taking care of the line. But Genesis 36 is devoted to Esau and his descendants. However, there is a portion. There is a portion in the chapter which is significant to the nation of Israel. Esau separated from Israel because the area where they lived was getting too small. Or to be more accurate, their possessions were increasing this separation is significant because the promise of the land belonged to Israel. Okay, so there was this blessing, so much blessing. And remember Abraham and Lot, we studied Abraham and Lot. The, the blessings were just too much that the land they were staying in could not hold them, that it was best for them to separate so that there would be peace. Yes, too much possession sometimes create conflict. Sometimes it's better to just separate a little bit. So uh, here is the record is recorded where Esau went to Seir, which today would be Jordan. If you know Israel and Jordan, they're connected to each other. So not really that far, but not within the land of promise. 
the land of promise still belonged to Israel. So that was significant. The separation was significant. The separation had to happen. And uh, here we saw that it was Esau who separated. Perhaps to avoid conflict, yes. And uh, perhaps he volunteered because, maybe because of the goodwill of Jacob. You remember the goodwill of Jacob to restore the relationship? The goodwill of Jacob was to send gifts. A lot of gifts, enough to make any man rich. <coughs> so maybe because of that goodwill, he said, well, uh, around a lot of my riches also came from my brother. Maybe I'll just volunteer to leave. Or maybe he had a plan to conquer the land of Seir. Because uh, there were people there, and then there's a theory that they were absorbed by, by Esau and his tribe. And they ruled over that place. But Israel or Jacob stayed in Canaan, which is aligned to God's will. Can you say, aligned to God's will? Aligned to say it again, aligned to God's will. We must be aligned to God's will. That is a very important principle. Israel stay. There was a time that God would ask him to leave through a situation, and God would allow that only to bring them back. But here and now in this text, he stayed, Esau left. God blessed Esau with many descendants. God is true to his promise. We only read until verse 8, but if you read the whole text, there was just so much descendants. That's why when I joke around with some brothers who are just newly wed, I say, may, your, may you have a tribe. May you have a kingdom. And uh, for other brothers, we say with a blessing, may your tribe increase. Between pastors, we also share that, but not in terms always of biological growth, but also that more would come to the kingdom and more would come to that local church and grow in Christ. May your tribe increase. Somehow God has blessing has been blessing this tribe. Don't you agree? Are you blessed? Yes. I am blessed. And God blessed Israel and Esau with so much livestock and possessions. Wouldn't that be a good problem? Would you like the problem of having none or having a lot? Okay, because I was about to pray for you, you know? Uh, Lord, if they don't want it, just give it all to me. Uh, uh, they had that problem. But sometimes God doesn't give us that problem because perhaps we're not ready for it. Because some people, you know this, some people, when they are blessed with wealth, somehow the attitude changes. Somehow the once humble, gentle person, you know, suddenly changes. We hope that no matter how God blessed you, you would be just a secret billionaire. Is that good? Yes. You come here as you are. But don't tell anybody. Just tell me if you're a billionaire. Okay? Just give me that to us. But I mean, it's not about flashing. It's about God blesses people because he has a purpose. God blessed Jacob and Esau because of the promise of Abraham that they would be kingdoms. Therefore, the patriarchs must be blessed. Well, for John the Baptist, not that much, right? John the Baptist had honey, locusts for food. Uh, why? The God's purpose for him was just that, to proclaim and die. Proclaim the Messiah, and then you die. You don't need a lot of money for that, right? 
and he was not charged to having descendants. If you are so blessed, it's because God has a purpose for you. If you want to be blessed with wealth and influence, you pray, God, align me to your will. It's not just, Lord, bless me to be somebody someday. I want that respect from the world. I want that wealth to show around. If it's just for self, well, you can take that path, but that path is a path to destruction. But God's path is, if we are blessed, understand that God has a purpose for your wealth. Amen? Amen. So who wants to be wealthy in Christ? Uh, bless you, brother and sister, okay? Who wants to be poor? Okay, good, good, good. But you see, poor in spirit may not necessarily mean that you are actually poor. But meaning that in your heart, nothing belongs to you. Everything belongs to God. So you ask God, what do I do with this? Because sometimes we have this problem of poverty mentality, you know? And we got that from the Spaniards. And the Cunyaki Spaniards, but really Mexicans. Right, brother? Uh, uh, no, because in history, it's not only the Spanish who came, but some envoys from Mexico joined the Spanish here. So not all Padre Damasos were Spanish, okay? Some were our brothers of our brother here. Uh, we love you, brother. Well, when he came here, he asked forgiveness on behalf of his ancestors. So we receive that. We forgive you, brother. Uh, uh, so, <clears throat> possessions is a, for a purpose. Number three, Esau decided to move for much needed space between him and Israel. Much needed space. This is part of God's plan because the land of Canaan was promised to the descendants of Israel. So, let's go to the application. Number one, trust God that God keeps his promises. He forgave us, he keeps his promises, right? No matter what, how big your sin is, if you humbly take note, humbly come to Him, He will not cast you away. He will receive you and forgive you. He will keep His promises to you and your family. Do you know that if a man or a woman of God, a father and a mother faithfully serves God and seeks His kingdom first, there are promises for the children as well. Yes, whether your father or parents are still with you or no longer with you, it is biblical. In fact, I hold on to the one promise in the book of Psalms that to them who fear the Lord, their children will be mighty on the earth. So sometimes a blessing we receive was because one of our ancestors may have fulfilled a covenant with God. God promised to him and his family and it is being fulfilled. So I encourage you, Fathers, mothers, would-be fathers and mothers be faithful to the Lord because the blessing does not end with you. It continues to the generation. Trust God. God will keep His promise. Number two, believe that God will bless us beyond our expectations. Persistent to follow the path God called us. Can you say patience? Patience. Be patient. All right? I remember a time I really wanted to be used by God mightily. That was when I was 15 years old. I wanted to preach. Since nobody would listen to me, I preached at the mirror. 
okay? And I would be alone in my room and lock it and preach by myself as if I'm a good preacher. <laughs> Just imitating some people. I sometimes would watch some preachers and then even copy the stance on how they point the finger and how they made the emphasis. Of course, it, it wasn't totally from the heart yet. I was just having a young ambition. But I said, Lord, use me. And every time I had the chance, I was like Peter, always volunteering and always being embarrassed uh, many, many times. One time there was a funeral. Lord, what if I pray for this person to live again? And I actually asked permission. My young, aggressive self was so foolish. Uh, I did not even feel God, sense God tell me to do it. I just volunteered. Can I pray? I said, in Jesus' name, rise! And uh, nobody rose. Uh, you're just dead. And they're still dead today. And, uh, I was hoping after that time, maybe when we, after they're buried, they would just rise up, you know, in the middle of the night. But that would be a zombie movie. Uh, but I have to be patient and say, okay, Lord, you want to change my character first. You want me to be more prayerful. You want me to reach one person first and share that one person your gospel. Uh, what's the gospel? Jesus Christ died for you. Paid for your sins. And for the wages of sin is death, and the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Your sin will bring you to hell. Our sin will bring us to hell. Even just one sin. Because one sin is weighty enough, heavy enough to take, bring anyone to hell. However, through Christ. And all he said, he just said, repentance and faith must be preached to all the nations. So repentance and faith. You can receive eternal life in Christ. Right now, this moment. You can say, I repent of my sins, and I believe in what Jesus did for me. Lord, forgive me of my sins. And he will, right now, if you are sincere, forgive you of all of sins. All. See, God is not man. You know what man does? I can't forgive you yet. Maybe tomorrow. But not yet today, all right? I'm still mad at you. Tomorrow I'll forgive you. Or not yet tomorrow, maybe next year. Just keep booing me, huh? Bigawan mo lang patuloy-tuloy. Baka patawarin din kita. God is not man. If he made a promise to forgive through the death of his son, Jesus Christ, through the resurrection, he keeps it. He forgives. But we must be patient. For some of us, God wants to bless you financially, but then you must be patient. God's will will happen in God's time. And three, remember that not all separations are bad. Between these two brothers, it was good that they separated. Now, let me just put a qualifying thing. Between husband and wife, it's not good to separate. Understood? You might use this sermon as a justification, right? You know, Pastor Ed, it's also good to separate. So can we separate for now? No, 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 no. The context was between brothers, and sometimes between siblings, it's good to separate some distance. Like a few weeks ago, I performed a wedding in Manila, and uh, last Saturday, yeah, well, uh, the newlywed here, we're not here. Oh, honeymoon, sorry. Uh, so, uh, one thing for sure, I always repeat Genesis chapter two, which is what? 
Therefore, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. There is a leaving. And although we are still family, although there's still that relationship that father and child will always have, mother and child will always have, but there is some difference that happened. There was a leaving. That was the design of God. There must be a leaving. Not within one tenth, cannot be. Some separations are healthy. Sometimes to let an eagle fly, you know the eaglet? When it's time, when father eagle and mother eagle see it's time for them to learn to soar, they remove the soft part of the nest and then they push it, the eaglet over the cliff. And the eaglet comes to me, what happened to mommy? She's so mad and she wants to kill me. And uh, before the eaglet hits the ground, Papa Eagle just swoops down and catches. And I thought, oh, good thing. At least father has the sanity to save me. What eaglet doesn't know, father will bring eaglet to a higher place, only to drop. And then at a higher place, oh, he's more crazy than mommy. And then the eaglet tries to soar and soar. And then they repeat this practice. Mama eagle catches and they repeat this practice until eaglet. I can do this. I can do this. And they soar. I've experienced in ministry to raise somebody to leadership is to leave them alone. Give them a responsibility and say, you do it, okay? I'm going to leave for a while. Sometimes I do it, and sometimes they think they can't do it, but the more they do it, somehow they learn to soar. So please, don't get mad at me if I give you an assignment and let you do it on your own. Amen? Amen. Some of you still mad at me? <laughs> sometimes the principle is not to baby the others all their lives, because they will never learn. Huh? They never got hurt. So when they got hurt, they said, Mommy, Mommy, I'm very painful, painful. And he's 15 years old. No, no, no. And a mom, it's just a little pain, especially when they're men. It's just a little pain. That day will fix it. I'm going to say, make sure you clean it. I clean it. I even suck it dry. So, uh, it's like every time you they fall off a skateboard and say, Oh, what happened to my baby? Sometimes you say, Get up, boy. Ride it again. You're not going to die. It's just a bruise. That's just a little thing. But if you're always there, always, come to mommy, come to daddy, what will happen to you? That boy never grows up. Huh? Yeah, I got, I got concerned when my boys were growing up. You see, when I was their age, I had several fights already. And I thought, they've never been punched. Oh boy, I better contribute that to them. Uh, so, so I trained their core, and I challenged them, punch me at the core. So I always pretended, see? Inside, oh, that was strong. Okay, your turn. So I would give them these exercises teach them boxing, allow them to go full contact, but always watching. And uh, if ever some of them falls, I'll rush them to the hospital. Uh, <laughs> a little pain is good. Don't always protect your children. 
a little skirmish in school and mommy comes to the rescue, always looking for a fight in school. Who's that boy, huh? Who's that girl, huh? Oh. So what do you have as a result? Underdeveloped personalities. When there's an issue, they can't say. They have to wait for mommy to say something. Sometimes separations are better. But not total separations. Like, I'll never see you again. Nothing like that, you know? Okay? You can just say, I'll be home for Christmas, right? You can still say that. Uh, don't hurt the relationship. Still connect, but maintain safe distance. So sometimes I, I'm asked, not here, but also outside, Pastor Ed, how, how, how do I deal with a mother-in-law? Because I said, be nice to her. Okay, be inclusive. But if you can't stand it, you know, you do touch and go. You come there for a while, bring a nice gift, here you are. And then, oh, I have to go. Okay, see you. So you just got you just got just enough. Enough of the words that you can handle, right? And then see her again. But don't stay too long. Because probably she keeps talking or she doesn't want you there. But again, some separations are better. So don't feel so bad, all right? It's good to miss one another than to be annoyed with each other. Sometimes it's good to say, I'll do my thing, you do your thing. And sometimes we do our thing. In marriage, it's also good, but not separation of relationship. Meaning, I give my wife some space because she needs the space. And sometimes I need the space because I have to do my dissertation some of you did dissertations already? It makes people crazy, so pray for me, all right? Uh, it changes our world. So, uh, but my wife needs her me time as well, her friend time, her rest time. So some separations are good, but we are still in love. We love each other. Sometimes she says, I just want to visit my daddy and mama in Manila. Okay, how about? And she says, maybe one week. And after she goes, I just say, I'll miss you. But when I'm at home, whoo, praise God. <laughs> I have space. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Bro, oh, my man, come here. See you later. <laughs> so, or sometimes a little space is good. You know, that's why some of you, some relationships are not good. Because you're, you're choking each other too much. Where are you going? What time are you going home? You said it's 8 o'clock, it's 8 one you're not at home. You choke each other so much. There's no element, because you're always together, there are no more stories to tell. You're always together. Oh, you know what happened to our, I was there. And you know what happened, I was there. And yeah, yeah, I was there. There are no stories to tell. But when she had an adventure, and I had an adventure, and we see each other, you know what happened? We have a story to tell. So we're still curious about what's happening with each other. Then we have those common moments. But here, let me go back to the text. Separation from the world is important. Separation from the world is important. The world's ways are not the biblical ways. The way leadership works in the world is not the way leadership should work within the believer. It's different. Separate ourselves from the world, but connect ourselves more with God. Father in heaven, thank you.
<clears throat> thank you for your word. Sometimes distance could be the best approach. Best approach to conflict, a little space may be necessary. Yet we pray, as we apply this, allow us to separate from the world, yet allow us not to drift away from each other completely, still having that connection with each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, yet giving one another some freedom. We thank you because we know that you are God who keeps your promises. Uh, and you have a promise to us and our families. Teach us to be faithful because we want your promises, Lord. And we trust that our lives have a purpose. Lord, we trust that you will bless us beyond our expectations. We thank you for the blessing already. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let us all rise. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. And God's people say, Amen.